Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ, a podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania, dedicated to connecting the liturgical and spiritual life of the Orthodox parish with the life of the Orthodox home, presenting the weekly homilies of our parish pastors, Father Noah Buscelli and Father James Thayer, as well as discussions of the liturgical year and Orthodox life and practice by Justin Gold and Jeff Hyatt. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Is our prayer to God a dialogue or a monologue? Do we actually communicate with God, or do we just think about God? At what point do we stop praying? Today's Gospel brings us a little bit closer to answering these questions. We heard the story about a man who was possessed by demons and he comes upon Christ and he addresses him as son of the Most High God. And then Christ purifies him and he goes away and proclaims all the good that God has done for him. How does this differ from our own situation in our lives? We become possessed by our own motivations, by everything that's driving us. We forget about what is centering that drive, about Christ. If Christ is not at the end of that drive, then we cannot be purified. But we come to the church to become purified. We're baptized, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, we become part of the body of the church, But do we carry out the final step? Do we go forth and proclaim to the world all the good God has done for us in our lives? Because that's what this man did. He wasn't just healed and said, oh great, Jesus did something good for me again. He was healed and he went forth and he told everyone what God had done for him. How do we end this cycle? How do we end the cycle of falling into sinfulness, and having to pick ourselves back up and falling down again, even worse this time, and feeling estranged from the church, feeling estranged from God? How do we call ourselves to become one of the same mind with the fathers of the church who proclaimed the faith so brilliantly? Well, the fathers of the church preached this one form of prayer, Hezekiah. This comes from the Greek word isichia, which means to remain still or to acquire stillness. And the fathers of the church taught us that stillness, that hezekia, this is what brings dispassion. To remove the passions from us, to remove temptation, to remove all of the evil that dwells within our lives, we need stillness. And what an oxymoron that is in today's society where stillness is what we're encouraged not to do. We're encouraged to be more productive, to be more on the go, to have our lives be filled with things to do every moment of the day. But stillness is what the fathers knew was the cure. It's not just a stopgap, it's the cure. It's what stops the passions. It's what removes this all from us. When our thoughts 
are like a freight train and they just keep going and going until they won't stop, until they drive us crazy. Those thoughts can be stopped. They're stopped through the Jesus prayer. It's like a tape recorder that the evil one turns on in our brains and it goes on and on and on and, and, and all of these terrible thoughts or good thoughts that bring pride to us. These are the thoughts which destroy us. That's why the, the fathers gave us the Jesus prayer, so that we can stop the thoughts. The Jesus prayer is the big stop button on that tape recorder. But stillness is not just something that the fathers came up with. It's rooted in our scripture. Psalm 46, the prophet David says, Be still and know that I am God. It's in stillness that we become closer with God, that we get to hear God, that we become God. We return to that original form. When God created man, he did not create anything lesser than himself. It is us who took our free will and decided that we were going to make less of ourselves, that we were going to allow ourselves to become playthings of the evil one. In addition to Hezekiah, the fathers also outlined for us two additional ways that we can become like God again. The first being the hesychastic way of life, that we maintain stillness in our lives in order to become closer with God and to attain true prayer. The second is the biblical patristic understanding. The understanding that the church is not just one with the Bible, and it's not just the church with the fathers. It is the union of both. That when you bring together the writings of the fathers and you bring together the historicity of scripture that exists within our church, these, this, the fusion of these two things, that is the fullness of the church. Those two things coming together brings us to a greater understanding of God that we would not have had with just one or just the other. The third is the mystical, sacramental life. By far, I think this is the most important of the three. Because if we do not engage in the sacramental life of the church, if we don't engage in all of the services, all of the prayer, you know, some people say, oh, you know, Father, we don't go to church on this day or that day, but we pray at home. That's good. Personal prayer is important for us. But what is personal prayer without corporal prayer when we come together as one body? It's like if personal prayer is the intentions of our hearts, it's all of the, the thoughts and the, the, the good things that are happening to us, the bad things that are happening to us. If this is personal prayer, it's the content, then corporal prayer is the vessel. It's the chalice that sits on the holy table. Everything that we are all praying, praying together this morning comes together and forms. The church becomes this great vessel. Because what, what is our prayer without a vessel to put it in? It's like wine that we just pour and is spilling all over the holy table. Why would we do that? And in the same way, why would we have a beautiful chalice without anything to put into it, without the body and blood of Christ? It's through the mystical, 
sacramental life of the church that we can complete the process of theosis. We can move from theoria into theosis, that we can truly become like God again. These three things were fully embodied by the fathers of the church. Personally, I think no more explicitly and directly than through Elder Joseph the Hesychist. And I would like to read to you all a small story about him from the book, My Elder, Joseph the Hesychist. That evening, as light was falling, he had become completely exhausted from the pain and fasting, and his tears dried up. In this state, feebly gazing at the chapel of the Transfiguration at the summit of Mount Athos, he beseeched the Lord, O Lord, as thou wast my transfiguration to thy disciples, transfigure thyself also to my soul. Stop the passions and bring peace to my heart. Grant prayer to him who prayeth and restrain my unrestrained noose. As he was praying like that with great pain, a subtle breeze full of fragrance came from the chapel. His, his soul was filled with joy and illumination and divine love. And from within his heart, the prayer began to flow with so much bliss that he thought to himself, this is paradise. I don't need any other paradise. He saw that the prayer was being said within him and with mathematical precision like a clock. He was amazed that the prayer continued on its own without any effort on his part. As soon as he saw this, he was astounded and said, What's happening to me right now? How is the prayer being said within me? I tried so hard for so long and never felt what I feel now. When he saw that the prayer was continuing and that he felt so much bliss and happiness, he joyfully said to himself, So, is this the noetic prayer that I read about in the books of the Philokalia? Is this how it tastes? Is this the uncreated light? He then got up, invigorated by this miracle of noetic prayer, went inside the cave and began saying the prayer synchronized with his breathing. Just as the Holy Fathers teach, as soon as he has said the prayer a few times, his noose was immediately caught up into Theoria. It was to be the first of many times his noose was raptured by God's grace. He would later write about this event in the third person as if it had actually happened to someone else. Now, Elder Joseph the Hesychus was a very holy man. He almost single-handedly restored monasticism on the holy mountain. When he arrived at the Holy Mountain, there was less than a hundred monks there. And he restored the Holy Mountain that when, on the day he died, there were more than 500 monks there. And while it's hard to imagine for all of us that we could achieve the holiness that Elder Joseph did, it should be easy for us to imagine, at the very least, attempting to do so. Because we've all had immense moments of great purity, of great bliss that we have felt in our prayer. We've all been consumed by the Holy Spirit at one point or another. We have all felt the fire and the fervor of the saints within us. 
whether it be through Holy Communion, through the sacraments of the Church, or just through our prayer, we have the capacity to feel these ways again. We have the capacity to restore ourselves to God on earth and to live that heavenly life on earth. I pray that God will allow all of us to experience that, that he will grant us all his grace again. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.